I'm Noah Farley, and I'm here today with Aaron Perkins, the owner of LOL Rexburg. Thank you for meeting with me today. Glad to be here. And we're going to be, going to be talking about LOL Rexburg and the shows coming up. So can you go ahead and tell us about the upcoming show and the performers this Saturday? You bet. Uh, this Saturday evening at the Romance Theater, we will be hosting uh, a pre-opener of Unscripted. Uh, Unscripted is a local improv comedy troupe. Uh, they'll be performing. And then after that, we get into the stand-up comedy. We have Seth Tippetts, who is a veteran of the uh, Salt Lake City stand-up comedy scene. And he will be the opener for our headliner, Nick Hoff. Kind of exciting. Nick Hoff is actually brand new to the the squeaky clean comedy scene um, and doing his dry bar special, recording his dry bar special uh, the evening before he comes up here. That sounds like fun. Why is clean comedy so important to you then? I had an experience uh, that really helped me understand the power of laughter and not just laughter, but like you were saying, just good clean comedy. Um, when I had this idea to bring uh, clean comedy here to Rexburg, I went down to Dry Bar in Provo, Utah. For those that aren't familiar with Dry Bar comedy, Dry Bar comedy is uh, down in Provo, Utah. It's all squeaky clean comedy mm-hmm. is how the, the comedy industry uh, terms it, squeaky clean comedy. And I wanted to experience for myself the, the power of, of laughter and good clean laughter. And after almost two hours of laughing nearly nonstop, I felt, I felt rejuvenated. Uh, all of the little things that had been weighing on me with my family and career and, and everything just seemed to matter a whole lot less. And it really helped me to refocus. Uh, and that's in stark contrast to uh, another stand-up comedy show that I went to. I went to another stand-up comedy show, and the comic was one that had done Dry Bar. And I thought, oh, great, another good, clean comedy act. And it became very clear pretty quickly that it it wasn't going to be a squeaky clean comedy act. And every now and then he'd say something that I was like, okay, that's funny, but should I really be laughing at that? And in the end, I didn't have that same relaxed, refreshed, reinvigorated feeling that I had after attending a show that was just good, clean comedy. And that's when I was really convinced that this was something that I wanted to do. I like what you said about how rejuvenating that laughter can be. They do say that laughter is the best medicine, and I totally agree with that. I grew up watching a lot of old sitcoms, and back then, they were mostly clean, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always just loved the energy that you could feel between what the actors were saying and the energy that was given off by the audience that laughed too. It was like such a a harmonious thing, right? Absolutely. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Like I myself have had some times where I'm watching something and then they say something that's not exactly clean. And then I start laughing I'm like, wait, I don't feel good about laughing about this. I feel like this shouldn't have been said at all. And, and looking back on the experience that I had um, with the, the good clean comedy in thinking about the sorts of things that, that they got us to laugh about, there were things that were relatable. Mm-hmm. And so I, it, it really makes you feel like you're laughing at your own life. It gives you a little different perspective on the challenges you have mm-hmm. um, and just really helps. It, so it's not just 
a mental, emotional thing. There's also the physiological. Like you said, laughter is the best medicine. Um, the physiological. And it's just nice to be able to look at life's crazy things with a little different perspective and just be able to to take it a little more in stride. Mm-hmm. Um, what exactly was it that made you decide to move to Rexburg? Was it this uh, comedy experience that you had, or was it something else? The comedy experience actually came after I moved to Rexburg. Our family just moved here beginning of August. Uh, so we're new to Rexburg. Well, I should say new again to Rexburg. I graduated from Rex College in 1990 <laughs> um, <laughs> after spending a few years here. It had a such a wonderful experience here in Rexburg and at Rick's College. And when when the prompting came very much out of the blue to move to Rexburg, it took us a little while for it to soak in and to make the arrangements that we had to do because I owned a business. Mm-hmm. Um, I had started working for Amazon Air um, and was moving up with that company. Um, and we owned a home, and so there's prepping the home to sell. There's finding a home out here to buy. There's getting the kids in the mindset that, hey, we're moving across the country, away from family. Um, but just the fact that we knew we were supposed to be here is what made it so it wasn't quite the challenge. But it wasn't until um, after I got here that I realized that LOL Rexburg was what I wanted to do for my family and for the community. So then, yeah, the clean comedy um, experience that you had, that was basically what inspired you to start up LOL Rexburg, right? That is what gave me the energy that I needed to be able to follow through with the idea. I had the idea prior to that, and uh, visiting a couple of these stand-up comedy uh, stand-up comedy clubs or series was research for it. But it once I had that experience at a stand-up, clean stand-up comedy set, it gave me the energy to be able to push through all the hurdles that I was going to face with finding a venue, mm-hmm. with getting the legal entity set up, with finding the creating the connections to be able to book comics and hitting the learning curve. Um, I've, I've started a number of businesses throughout my life, throughout my career, and each one has had its own challenges. But this one, this one, I had a lot of things thrown my way that, that almost stopped me from doing it. But just remembering that experience that I had and how it made me felt a feel was what kept me going when when I hit roadblocks. Having to recall those memories that inspired you in the first place, that's what you really have to have as your anchor to be able to keep going through even when it's really difficult. And that's really the case with any situation, whether you look at um, family relationships, you know, your relationship with a spouse or siblings, um, or, or anything difficult you're facing. If you're in a career that you love and you're you're really struggling at a particular point. It's remembering why it, why you do what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever you face you're facing any hurdle, if you have that that drive, that mission behind you, just remembering your why it can really help 
to to push you through and and having people that support that vision and that dream you know my wife and kids have been wonderful in, in supporting me in this i'm i spend a lot of time running around town talking to different businesses trying to uh trying to get all the details lined up and so it takes time away from my family and they they've been super supportive um especially my wife um she has been one that has given me the kudos and has supported me through this and and hopefully this is something that the community will find as much value in as as I do and I'll be able to continue doing this um month after month bringing in more and more comics just to create um or bringing in more and more comics and be able to have that as part of the community have an ongoing opportunity to to experience that laughter is the best medicine the good clean comedy and speaking of uh comics who are you who are some of your favorites so that's a that's a really tough one mm-hmm. because like i was saying earlier each comic kind of has their own perspective on life and, and a lot of times it comes from their upbringing it comes from where they are in their stage of life whether they're uh, you know, a young 20-something, or if they're, you know, an older older person in their 60s or 70s. And and so they kind of find their own way to, to carve out a niche, and then they, they their comedy comes from that perspective where they're in. I mean, for example, you've got Chad Thornsberry. Um, super funny, super relatable. He's a middle-aged, just an average middle-aged guy. And so his humor comes from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have characters like uh, Shane Smith. Shane Smith is, when you when you look at him, he's got tattoos up and down both arms and up his neck and onto his face. And he, he pokes fun at himself for the choices he made to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and some of the interactions that he has with people in in respect to to that that choice that he's made and then you've got uh, some guys that have made it even bigger uh jeff allen older guy he plays the grumpy old man um and brad upton kind of the same way his big thing is kind of poking fun at the the quirkiness of of millennials <laughs> from um from the perspective of baby boomer uh, from the per- perspective of a baby boomer and then, and I've mentioned only men up to this point, but there are a couple female comics that I, I think are great. Uh, Jasmine Ellis, hilarious, um, and Jenna Kim Jones, both, oh, yeah. Yeah. both very funny. I, you may know Jenna Kim Jones. She's a co-host on BYU TV's uh, Random Acts. Yeah. Um, and that's actually who I saw down at, um, at Dry Bar. I didn't even know she was a stand-up comic. Um, my kids and I love watching random acts. And when I decided to go down to Provo to to check out uh, Dry Bar and Squeaky Clean Comedy, I pulled it up on their website. There she was. And I was like, that's who we're going to see. Yeah. Um, and as far as the females that I've seen doing clean comedy, it it's in very stark contrast to a lot of the other female comics where those female uh, comics, they, they tend to play the, the angry woman 
or poking fun at men, hmm. um, things that aren't really, in my perspective, they're not uplifting. Um, they're not building people up. But their humor is one that, it again, it's relatable because they talk about, I remember Jenna talking about, you know, being a mom again and and all the the issues surrounding the pregnancy and the post-pregnancy baby weight and just poking fun about, you know, being a parent and dealing with kids of all different ages. And again, so it's it's relatable, but you don't have the making fun of people, maybe making fun of yourself. And I, I think that actually, and again, I'm not a comic, so I, I couldn't say for sure, but it just seems to me that clean comedy would almost be harder to do than your run-of-the-mill comedy because it has to be a little smarter. You have to be kinder. And so it just it takes a very different mindset to be able to create that humor that, uh, that builds and lifts and relates better than comedy that, that well, that doesn't. Yeah, I understand that, yeah. I remember seeing um, Jenna Kim Jones when uh, back when they still did those um, I'm a Mormon ads. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She was in one of those, and I think that was the one that I watched the most. They had some segments where she uh, did some of her comedy acts. I still remember some of the jokes that she told. Like, what was that one? I always tell people that I just lost fifty pounds just so that they'll look at me and say, "Oh my gosh, you look amazing." <laughs> <laughs> and if I remember correctly, she was actually part of the Meet the Mormons. That's right. Um, cast. Yeah, she was like the host in the beginning and the end. Yeah, that's so cool that you got to see her. Uh, how long have you been preparing for this show? In, in one form or another, for about two and a half months, uh, since uh, beginning of August. Whether it's been doing the research in terms of, okay, so the, the boring business stuff is going to kick in now. You know, running the numbers, looking at the entertainment industry, what is the dollar per ticket that the community could support? What percentage of the theater do I need to fill? How much can I spend on marketing? Um, just running all those numbers and figuring out from a fi financial perspective, is this something that could work? Um, and then at the same time, also talking to people in the community, asking them, hey, are you familiar with you know, squeaky clean comedy? And, and I typically refer to Dry Bar, and I'm not associated with Dry Bar, although I would, I would love to I would love to be associated with Dry Bar and, and figure out a way to create a win-win with them. And then there's, you know, working with uh, Soapbox on campus. Yeah, They're helping me with my social media, and they've helped me set that up and, and get things rolling there. We're, we're creating content um, to get a following. I have found that in this community, it's a challenge to get the word out to all the different groups that we have. You know, you have the students, you have the university you have the community. And then there's also two different demographics that I'm looking at. Yeah, I'd love to have a great draw of college students. But at the same time, I think that this sort of comedy is going to be super relatable for your group that's, you know, 30 and up. So I'm having to look at both groups and how do I market to them. So it's been quite a process in preparing for this and a lot of different things I've had to consider. And I've, I've had to roll with the punches on a lot of things, uh, things I've wanted to try that I'm not allowed. So in, in one degree or another, I've, I've been preparing for this for about two and a half months. What hopes and plans do you have for the future of LOL Rexburg? I would love for this to be 
a long-term project. Because if this is a long-term project, that means that the community supports this. The community wants this. I would love to do more than one show a month. I can see this growing to where I build or lease my own space instead of using the Romance Theater, which is a magnificent and nearly perfect venue. I have my own space where I can bring in other sorts of programs, uh, small bands, so not just stand-up comedy, but you know, small bands, maybe have community groups that could rent out a space, an event center of some sort, or even grow it past that. But I think the sky's the limit. I really look forward to all the opportunities my family has here in Rexburg. Um, I look forward to serving the community with this, uh, with LOL Rexburg. If the community as a whole decides that this isn't something that they value, that this isn't something that uh, fits into the community, that's fine too. But I feel, I really feel like this is something that the community will value, that good, clean comedy is uh, something that they will find therapeutic and that whatever comes of this will be something that will will benefit the community. And, and like I said, I have a, a few shows already set up. Mm-hmm. So this Saturday, uh, we have Seth Tippett's and uh, headlining Nick Hoff. Again, that's Saturday the 22nd um, at 7 p.m. On November 12th, we have uh, Brad Bonner, and uh, he, he, he has a little mix of magic with his comedy. And he, then on December 10th, we have Al Goodwin. All three of them, just wonderful comics, great, uh, great experience, and will totally play off the crowd. So I hope that we have a near full house all three nights. Um, there are some tickets left uh, for this Saturday, and on on the LOL Rexburg uh, landing page uh, for ticket sales, you'll also see tickets are available uh, for the next two shows as well. And a little plug here, it's lolrexburg.ticketleap.com. So lolrexburg.ticketleap.com, and you'll, you'll find all the shows that we've booked. And hopefully here in the next month or so, we'll start booking shows for next year. If we get a good enough response from the community from the first two or three shows, we'll start booking uh, shows for, for uh, January through April of next year. So at the Romance Theater, again, that's on the corner of uh, Main and Center. Uh, in, in downtown there. Um, and the the lobby doors will open at 6.15, um, and the theater doors will open at 6.30. Uh, it is open seating, uh, first come, first serve on, on the seating. Uh, seating will start at 6.30. They'll show, uh, barring anything crazy, will uh, we'll start promptly at 7 o'clock. And we do ask everyone to be in their seats and ready for the show um, so we don't have the interruptions. Uh, if you are not able to get seated by 7 o'clock or by the time the show starts, uh, you will have to wait until uh, between acts uh, to come in. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Well, you're very welcome. And I'm glad you invited me in to, to share what it is about this project that, uh, that really drives me and, and hope that this catches on with the community.